Welcome to the new Retina Radio Journal Club with VBS. My name is Dr. Priya Vicaria from Retina Vitreous Associates of Florida in Tampa, and today I'm joined by two wonderful guests. Uh, first in alphabetical order, we have Dr. Shruti Arapali from the Emory Eye Center in Atlanta. Hi, Shruti. Hey, Priya. Thanks for having me. And next, we have Dr. Vaidehi Dadania from NYU Langone Health in New York City. Uh, thanks for joining us today, Vaidehi. Thank you. Very excited to be here. So today we're going to be discussing a paper that is actually really fascinating and I think we're going to have a great discussion about. It's titled Effect of the Duration of Macular Detachment on Visual Prognosis After Surgery for Macula Off Retinal Detachment. This was part of the Japan Retinal Detachment Registry. And the authors are Masahiro Miyaki et al. on behalf of the Japan Retinal Detachment Registry Group. And this was published online in Ophthalmology Retina in January of 2023. Um, Fadehi, I'm going to throw this to you to go ahead and summarize the paper. Can you tell us a little bit about this? Yeah, so this is a paper that utilized the Japan Retinal Detachment Registry. And within this registry, there are 3,178 eyes that are registered. For the purpose of the study, they only included eyes uh, that had a macula off retinal detachment. And so that was 719 eyes. And they evaluated them in a prospective manner, but it was observational. Um, all patients, their backgrounds were very well balanced. Um, this registry, so the Japan Retinal Detachment Registry was founded initially by the Japan Retina and Vitreous Society. Um, some of the inclusion and exclusion criteria. So none of the eyes included had a history of surgery prior to intervention for presenting for the retinal detachment, except for cataract surgery. Um, they also excluded patients with reoperations, with a family history of retinal detachment, or um, a macular hole related retinal attachment. And some interesting factors to consider. So when they really looked at this, what they did was they compared visual prognosis among the patients um, based on the duration of the macular detachment for what they called less than or equal to N days versus greater than or equal to N plus one days. And that is with N being two to five. So really when we speak further about the analysis, we'll be talking about retinal detachments with the macula off status for less than or equal to two days or more. And so that's how the categories are, div are divided. Um, so for the analysis, they employed inverse probability of treatment weighting methodology. And what this does is it accounts for the confounding measures in observational research, which is what the study was. Um, P-values less than 0 0.01 were considered statistically significant for the purposes of this study. And their main outcome measures were best corrected visual acuity at six months post-surgical. So now when we get into the results at six months, their main outcome measure, they found that best corrected visual acuity was significantly better if the duration of the macular detachment was less than or equal to two days compared with those whose duration of macular detachment was greater than three days. Um, similarly, when they split the groups up even further, they found that best corrected visual acuity was significantly better if the duration of the macular detachment was less than or equal to three days compared to greater. And none of the other comparisons in the duration of the macular detachment had a statistical significance. They looked at a number of factors across all the groups. They were fairly equal for axial length. They divided them into four different categories for phagic status. Um, and so the groups really were similar when you look at the tables. Um, based on the study results, they concluded that treating a retinal detachment within three days um, of when the macula has detached is probably the best option and should really be considered given the outcomes for these patients. Great summary. So Shruti, what are your thoughts on this? You know, what are your thoughts to this paper and does this change your management? 
You know, I think this is a really great paper because it does force you to reevaluate how you approach your retinal detachments and your timing for them. Um, I have traditionally thought of retinal attachments as MAC on and MAC off, and MAC off can go within a week is what we've been told a lot of the time. Um, but seeing this data really does push me towards thinking that maybe patients would be taken sooner than that, um, especially the three days to four days is where we see a lot of the difference in visual outcomes. Um, I think one of the things that we'll definitely talk about later in the discussion as well is balancing those uh, those data points with what we have available to us. So if taking a patient within three days is what this paper tells us, but we know in order to do that, we're going at two in the morning to an OR that doesn't usually do eye cases, balancing how safe that is um, in that environment versus the visual outcomes and what's going to work best in our hands. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Vaidehi, you commented on some of the um, the, the way the study was designed, you know, it's prospective, but it's an observational study. It's using a database. There's lots of different physicians here. Are there limitations to the study that we need to take into account that maybe limit it from being applied to a real world situation? There are, I will say, you know, one of the limitations is that we use that this registry was used. Um, although in order to minimize some of the shortcomings of using a general registry, they did a lot of things that we wouldn't necessarily with other registries. For example, they cleaned the data pretty nicely. And so the registry had very few missing values. Um, second, you know, the surgical procedures, they were standardized because they were all performed at facilities to, that were had committee members that were part of this registry and or that they're affiliated with. And also there was no reporting bias since it was all consecutive retinal detachment cases between February 2016 and March 2017. That said, it is still limited by the fact that it's a registry, that it is observational. There are factors that they did talk about, for example, um, how many quadrants were involved and um, number of tears. But you know, we, we all see retinal detachments come in on a Friday where maybe just the top of the macula is involved. And sometimes you see them on Monday and they still haven't encroached on the fovea yet, right? And so other things that weren't necessarily considered when we think about visual outcome is, um, what is the difference between macula off status and what role does fovea on or off status play in that? And so I think that that does confound the data a little bit. And Shruti, do you think having a duration of the study, you know, the authors follow these patients to six months. So does that change your perspective of this in any way? I mean, you know, most of the time, my retinal detachment patients in clinic at six months, that's going to be their vision. But do you think that changes things at all for you? I think six months is a healthy amount of time to follow these patients. Like you said, that's usually their final vision. And I extrapolate from patients that we counsel for MAC holes. I usually tell them they'll immediately probably see a difference. And then I, I anticipate their final vision will be what we see at six months. So I would assume that that same time point works. I do wonder though, if they were to follow them for longer, the patients who are MAC off for longer, does their ellipsoid zone reconstitute better after six months? And is there a lag in visual recovery that we're missing? And that's just something we'd have to answer by looking at these patients for a longer duration. I do want to comment to Shruti's point that the average age of the patients was around 56, and it was equal basically in the, the different groups. But, you know, it's sometimes hard to compare um, the eye of uh, someone who's 40 or 30 to someone who's 70 and how much their retina can or can't recover and what we know, what, what our knowledge about that is at this time. So I think that can be a challenge too here. Well, that was a great summary. Uh, we're going to go into break, but we will be back shortly for a more in-depth discussion on this paper. Welcome back to the new Retina Radio Journal Club with VBS. 
So we just dived into a discussion on this paper on macula afferental detachments and visual acuities, but let's get into a longer discussion about this paper. And something we really want to hit on is some of the strengths and limitations. You know, we've had a lot of literature coming out that's looked at the duration of macular afferental detachments and visual acuity, and we're seeing a trend in the literature favoring faster operations, favoring going to the operating room much quicker and showing that patients have better visual acuity outcomes. But all of these studies have limitations, and these are important to touch on. So uh, let me throw this over to Vaidehi first. What limitations in this study, I know we touched on it briefly earlier, but what are the biggest limitations that you've also kind of come across upon reading this study? Yeah, so one big limitation is that the duration of the macular detachment was based on patient complaint. And so if the patient complained that they're, uh, they lost their vision two days ago or four days ago, that's how they would categorize the patients. Um, but we've all seen patients where they maintain some fairly decent vision, sometimes 2040 with just a little bit of subphobial fluid. And so um, you know, the classification of macula on, fovea on um, may vary depending upon these patient complaints. Um, you know, the other thing is that they included re-out patients in the study, and it's not exactly clear how they were distributed in the various groups, but um, the fact that patients who had already had a retinal detachment, had vitrectomy, and then redetached were included can also confound some of the data and our understanding of how patients' um, visual prognosis differs based on when they get to the OR. Correct. And Shruti, what are your thoughts on the phagic versus pseudophagic status? Does that affect our how we interpret these visual outcomes in this study? Um, I think it does. So I think most surgeons will agree that if a patient is phagic, but they don't have a terrible cataract, they're going to do the vitrectomy anyway. That cataract might progress or it may not. And then magically, when you remove it, your vision is so much better. So without controlling for that removal at the end stage on six months, we don't know how much of that vision improvement is truly from a retina reattaching versus removing that opacity from your cataract. So I think it is important to look at that as well. And Shruti, so how does this change your management? Let's say now there's a patient that comes into your clinic on Friday and they say that they lost vision on Wednesday. I mean, first of all, can we rely on what the patient reports? You know, as we've kind of mentioned, you can have fluid in the macula and maybe the vision is okay. And then, you know, now that's been two days, you're approaching that three-day cutoff. Do you take this patient urgently on the weekend to follow the appendectomy or the, you know, the trauma? You know, how, how's this gonna change your decision-making? It's a really great question. So I think increasingly as these papers are coming out, I often wonder what, and I hate to say it, the medical legal repercussions are of papers that come out like this. So if a patient sees this and brings it to you and says, I've been told that I'll have a better outcome if I go in two days versus four days, I think you're obligated to have that conversation with them. What I've done with patients in the past is I operate at an ASC during the week and it's wonderful. We have our team and we know what to expect, but I'm very honest with them. Over the weekends, we're bumped frequently for other trauma cases. We often don't have our own eye team with us. And that can lead to mistakes in the OR as well. Um, and it can also mean that the patient is NPO and anxious and waiting for 23 hours until we can finally go. So the way that I've approached this is I will often set a time with our main OR and they're very good. I'll say, I'll take this case between the hours of 7 and 7 p.m. And the patient's willing to stay NPO during that time. Um, and if you bump us, that's fine as long as we can start by that time. Um, but then I'll have a negotiation with the patient and the OR and say, if we get bumped past that, we're gonna restart the next day over. Um, and then until we get into Monday. And that's really only happened rarely. Usually we can go within one of those two days. 
but I find that setting cutoffs sets expectations for the patient and they understand my thought process as well. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. You know, we've all, we've all been in the OR where you ask for a vitrector and people just look at you and, you know, that's mm -hmm. never a good feeling to have at 11 o'clock on a Saturday night in a, in the OR. Um, so Vaidehi, do you think that this study is enough to change your management? Would you like to see more studies and, and would you like to see more prospective studies or are these retrospective, you know, this, this study was prospective. We have a lot of other studies that are coming out that are more retrospective um, database studies. You know, what do you think we need? Do we need more or, or do we have enough now in the literature that convinces us that sooner surgery is better? You know, I think we, you know, there are things that there is data out there to support that sooner surgery is better. And, and rather, I, I'd actually want to rephrase that. It's not necessarily sooner surgery. It's that sooner macular and foveal reattachment um, results in better outcomes. But there are nuances to this because we talked about some of the uh, limitations of this study. We've talked about that a lot of these studies are retrospective in nature. And so, um, really understanding which patients could actually safely wait, even if their macula on or macula off, um, might be the next step for this. Um, kind of breaking these patient groups down a little bit more. Um, the other plug I wanted to put in was, you know, in pseudophagic patients, sometimes I would consider on a Friday night actually just injecting a gas bubble. Um, and the reason I am clarifying pseudophagic versus phagic patients is because when you're in the OR and you go to take out that gas bubble that you put in to temporize, your lens is gonna go on you often and it makes the surgery more complex. And I'm not necessarily sure in my experience that um, it's benefiting the patient to reattach the macula at that point. But in pseudophagic patients on a Friday night, I definitely do consider putting in a gas bubble to, to temporize them until Monday when I can get the eye staff in the OR, um, at least we can achieve some foveal reattachment. No, I absolutely agree with you. I think that more and more we're probably going to see more specialists doing a temporizing bubble. Um, and I think that that we have a lot of other research from other studies, you know, from our colleagues like Rajiv Mooney showing that there's even possibly better visual acuity in you know, pneumatics because of a more natural retinal reattachment. So it'll be interesting with time to see how that kind of affects um, practice management, especially with this push for faster surgery. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I don't have unlimited OR access. So are we going to run into this push where retina specialists are expected to be in the OR tomorrow, but we have clinic and the OR simply is not available. You know, simply, sadly, retina is not really a priority in the operating room. You know, Shruti, how are, how are retina specialists supposed to navigate the situation? Yeah, I think that there's gotta be some sort of a culture shift. If we're, if we're going to embrace this urgency to foveal reattachment, there has to be an institutional or practice-wide approach to it, not just individual doctors. Um, because otherwise you're sort of stuck in the middle. Like you said, we're not always the priority, um, but we have data that's pushing us towards us, um, towards doing an earlier surgery. Um, so I think there has to be a shift from the hospital itself to accept us earlier and give us staff. And one of the other things I want to mention is, does this affect your retinal redetachment? So by the he, let's say you have a patient who came in Mac on and now they're Mac off. Would you, you know, does this change how you approach that patient in any way? If they were initially Mac on and the redetachment is Mac off, I would treat that as a kind of a fresh Mac off. Um, if they were Mac off the first time and now they're Mac off again, um, I will, you know, I might not necessarily apply some of the data from a study like this because it's not necessarily 
including the population that they study doesn't include the population of reops that were once Mac off. Um, so just to put that all in perspective again, if they were once Mac on and the second time they present with Mac off, I would treat that as a fresh Mac off. Perfect. Well, you know, I think this paper at least highlights um, some important features. And I, I, I do really like how they broke it down into almost the different ranges of the two days, three days, four days, five days. Um, I think at least this gives us some power in knowing that if a patient comes in, let's say at five days or four days, they're not going to have a different outcome between four and five days. But certainly there's a push to now do earlier surgery and time will tell, you know, how we adopt this as a field. Um, but I really want to thank both Shruti and Vaidehi for joining us. And I want to thank the audience for listening. Um, this was the new Retina Radio Journal Club with VBS. And um, please stay tuned for further episodes.